We're on Yavamos towards the bottom of Kuf Yud Amabez, 110b towards the bottom. And the Gemara for this uh, rest of the Gemara until the Mishnah, uh, until the next Mishnah, we'll be discussing the scenario of uh, a person who is married to two different people on a rabbinic level. This was mentioned in the last Mishnah, married to a Kitana. There's two different forms of a rabbinic marriage. Uh, one is when you're married to a minor, to a girl who's under the age of 12. And she gets married not through her father, but through her mother or her brother with her consent. Um, and that is for a girl under the age of 12. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the other scenario is where you marry a woman who is a deaf mute. Now, whether this applies today, something that we've mentioned in the past, is a, is a big, big discussion, uh, which we don't have time for in this recording, but... There maybe there are some opinions that say that because they're more advanced today and there are more ways for them to communicate, so maybe it doesn't apply today, or maybe it still does apply today because uh, they still can't communicate as well, or perhaps because it doesn't make a difference. It's not about whether they can communicate or not. Um, uh, but at least in the times of the Gemara, in times of the Talmud, um, and according to many opinions, even today, uh, a deaf mute. Is only to marry deaf mute is only a rabbinic marriage, and so we have a case here where there's one person Yaakov uh, is married to two women, both on a rabbinic marriage. One of them is under the age of twelve. The other one could be above the age of twelve, but is deaf mute. And we will see in the Gemara. Well, the Mishnah first says that if that person passes away without any children, we do not apply the principle that um, if you do chalitza or yibum to one, uh, really yibum, you can't do can't do chalitza uh, to a deaf mute. Uh, which was our last recording, and uh, also to a katana, to a minor. So if you do even to one, uh, so then it will not exempt the other one. We say that it won't exempt the other one, and that you have to do something to both. What exactly do you have to do to both? The Gemara will explain. But the reason behind this is because these marriages are not equal. We don't view this as as equal co-wives on a biblical level when there's marriage to two women on a biblical level. So we could say that they have... Uh, it's it's on the same playing field that it's uh, an equal type of a marriage, and so therefore the zika, the bond to the brother-in-law is equal. Um, that's only on when it's on a biblical marriage, but when it's a rabbinic marriage, so we'll see that that's not the case. So let's see the Gemara. Amr of Nachman Ashkechasi l'Rav Ada Bar Ahava l'Rav Chana Chasnei diyasve kamekavu akvasa b'shuka depum b'disa. Rav Nachman found Rav Ada the son of Ahava and Rav Chana. That they were in discussion, they were gathering the students together, or they were asking questions to each other uh, in the marketplace in Pumbadisa. And they said, When do we say that if you do Bia with either one, if you complete Yibam with either the minor or with the deaf mute, it doesn't exempt the other co wife? When does that apply? That's when the brother passed away was somebody who was an adult and wasn't a deaf mute because Deloya, you know, we don't know who did he have a stronger relationship with and that on a rabbinic level for these rabbinic marriages, the stronger the relationship, the closer the relationship, that actually impacts uh, the type of marriage it is and maybe it'll have a stronger connection when it comes to the Zika. We don't know. Does he prefer Ibi Kitana, the one who is a minor, or does he prefer the deaf mute? The reason why he might prefer the minor is because eventually she'll become an adult and they'll be able to have a 
healthy uh, relationship with each other because she'll reach a stage of, of having das, of having complete awareness and knowledge. But when it, maybe he prefers to be married to the deaf mute because even though halachically uh, they don't have sufficient knowledge, but she's an adult and she's able to have sexual relations, uh, so maybe he prefers that. Uh, and that's only if, if the brother is uh, an adult and is able to, to speak and able to listen. So what they were discussing was saying, but what if the husband is a deaf mute? If the husband is deaf mute, they said for sure, for sure he would prefer to be married to the deaf mute. It's they're on. Uh, it's a good shidduch. They both uh, correlate to each other better. Uh, they understand each other better. They understand uh, their weaknesses and their challenges better. And so therefore, uh, that would be that would be preferred. Everybody would agree. At first glance, that's what they said, that everybody would agree that that really is the ideal, that that's really the stronger marriage. And so therefore, if you do yibam to the chereshes, to the deaf mute, then that would exempt, that would in fact exempt the co-wife who is a minor. That's what they thought to say. But he says, Rav Nachman himself says, But I say no, just because the brother who passed away, the one who was married to these women, was a deaf mute doesn't mean that we know which one was a stronger relationship. And again, this concept of a stronger relationship only applies to these rabbinic marriages. Uh, only when it comes to these rabbinic marriages do we say that, oh, this one of them has a stronger relationship, and so therefore it might not, doing yibam to one might not exempt the co-wife. But the Gemara wants to now know, in the end of the day, you you can't do yibam to one to exempt the other one. You also can't do yibam to both. There's a separate prohibition. You can't do even to both co-wives. So what exactly do you, do you do? How do you solve the problem such that both co-wives can now marry anybody else? That they're not stuck. So what do you do? Amar Chistam Rav. Rav says, Basically, you have to come up with a scenario where you're doing chalitza. You can't do yibam because yibam to one won't exempt the other one. And you can't do yibam to both. And so you have to do chalitza. We'll see exactly why you have to do chalitza or, or, or just uh, some form of divorce. When it comes to the charesh, just the deaf mute, you can't do chalitza. So what do you do? You have to do yibam, do yibam with her, and then divorce her. We'll see. Why do you have to divorce her? We'll see in a second why you have to divorce her. But for the katana, for the minor, wait until, until she gets older, and then you'll do chalitza. Once she becomes older, you do chalitza. You don't have to do yibam, but you'll do chalitza. Why? Why? Why do we have to do all of this? So the explanation is as follows. At the end of the day, you have to do something with both. And you can't do yibam to both. And not only that, but you also can't do yibam to the chareshes, to the deaf mute, and do chalitza to the minor. Because once you do chalitza to the minor, again, all of this is on a rabbinic level, but once you do chalitza to the minor, so then there's a separate prohibition that once you do chalitza, you can't do yibam to any of the co-wives. Well, I already did yibam to the co-wife uh, who was a deaf mute. So well, then, because of that, you have to get divorced. You have to divorce her. And so essentially what we're saying here is do yibum and then divorce her uh, shortly thereafter. And the kitana, the minor, has to do chalitza. The minor has to do chalitza uh, because you can't do yibum to both. And so basically this is the solution to make both of them uh, now allowed to marry whomever they want. 
Uh, essentially, for the deaf mute, you can't do chalitza, so you have to do yibam. You marry her, and then you get divorced. You're allowed to divorce her because it's all a rabbinic marriage. And then, with regard to the minor, you then do chalitza. Uh, you don't have to marry her. You could just do chalitza right away once she becomes an adult. She becomes an adult, and then you could do chalitza. The Gemara now, for the rest of the Gemara, we'll have a whole back and forth, but essentially just the, the broader picture, which is a very important broader picture, is what type of marriage are these rabbinic marriages? We mentioned that, that one might be stronger, one might be weaker, uh, depending on who the husband wants to, to be uh, more connected to. But there's also a different analysis, uh, which is um, when the rabbis instituted this type of a marriage, how did they institute this marriage? It's clear that while they're married, they're still viewed on a rabbinic level as married. They're allowed to eat truma, which is as long as the truma, if they're married to a kohen, the special food that's given to a kohen, as long as it's food that's on a rabbinic level that's given to the kohen, they're allowed to eat that. All normal things that happen during a marriage, they're allowed to be involved in, whether they're deaf mute or whether they're a minor. The question is, after the fact, after the marriage ends, how do we view it conceptually? Very important discussion. Conceptually, how do we view it? And so the Gemara is going to say, that there's a difference between the two. When it comes to the deaf-mute, it's viewed as only a partial marriage. It's a partial marriage. It's only a somewhat of, of, of a marriage. When it comes to the minor, it's that we're not sure. Either they are completely married or they're not married at all. It's not that, they're, it's not that they are for sure partially married. It's that we're not really sure if they are completely married or not married at all. Meaning moving forward. Do we view it as though they are completely married or not married at all? Um, when it comes to the deaf-mute, it's that we know for sure that it's a partial marriage. So there's a difference between, it's a conceptual idea, but there's a question of, do we view them, do we view the marriage as for sure only a partial marriage, or is it that no, it could be a complete marriage, but we're not sure, is it a complete marriage, or is it not a marriage at all? And that's, uh, that we're in doubt about that. And the commentators, some of the commentators explain that why would we have a dif- difference between whether the co-wife is a deaf-mute or whether the co-wife is a minor in terms of how to analyze their marriage. And so the explanation is, is that when it comes to deaf-mute, there's nothing that we could change about it. It's going to be a rabbinic marriage with uh, assuming that everything, uh, the fair assumption that everything stays the same. Uh, so then it would be viewed as a rabbinic marriage. However, when it comes to the, the marriage of a minor, so because uh, she has the option of doing mion, the potential of doing mion, of uprooting the marriage entirely, so then... Uh, she would be uprooting it, and we wouldn't even view it as a marriage at all. Uh, and at the same time, the other option is that she'll turn into an adult, and they'll stay married on a biblical level. They'll be married on a biblical level, and as such, uh, because you could have such differences, so then when it comes to the marriage of a minor, uh, on a, which is a marriage on a rabbinic level, we will be, we're not sure whether or not it's a complete marriage on a rabbinic level, or whether it's viewed as nothing, because she always has the potential, and he also has the she always has the potential to, to back out, to back out retroactively. So the Gemara is going to say this and explain how we know this. So Amr of Chesar, Chesar says, Shmamina, Kasava Rav, Rav must hold. Chareshes Kanuya Mashiach, Ketana Kanuya Rav must hold that the deaf mute, the marriage to the deaf mute is a, is a, is a half of a, or it's a somewhat of a, of, of a marriage, but not a complete marriage. When it comes to the minor, it's that we're not sure. Maybe it's a complete marriage. Maybe it's nothing. But nothing. But it's not that it's in between. How do I know this from Rav? Because of what he suggested. If you want to say that it's flipped, because as Tosus, one of the classic commentators, points out, 
it must be, we know for sure that they're not the same um, level of marriage, and the question is, which one's which? So if we were to flip it and say that the deaf-mute is, is, we're not sure whether they're married completely or not at all, and the minor is somewhat of a marriage, so then the is a is I understand, says Rav Chista, if we were to flip it and say that the Chareshis, the deaf mute, is either for sure married completely or or not at all, so then why does she have to, after she does Yibam, why does she have to then get divorced? Let her stay married. And if she was, if we don't view it as a marriage originally, so then there's no obligation to do Yibam, and it's not even a co-wife. Moving forward, we don't view it as a co-wife, so then she could stay married to the brother-in-law. And if she's completely married, so then she has a stronger relationship than the minor, and she should be able to stay married. Um, oh, you're going to ask me. So rather, the katana, the minor, is the one who is either for sure married or for sure not married. So you're going to ask me, why can't she just stay married to the brother-in-law? After they do Yibam, the answer to that is in um, The reason why the minor cannot stay married to Yibam is because once the Chareshes, once the deaf mute has to do Yibam, so then the minor cannot do Yibam. It's a separate point that the deaf mute can't do Yibam, so then the minor also cannot do Yibam um, because you can't do Yibam to two. And so that's uh, that. That would that would explain why the katana, the minor, is not allowed to do yibum because the chareshes, the deaf mute, has to do yibum. There's no other option. She cannot. She can never do chalitza. The minor can do chalitza once she gets older. So the gemara now again. This is very detailed, um, but in the broad picture, we have a, have an understanding of uh, these two different types of marriages, the rabbinic marriages. Either it's partially married on a rabbinic level, or it's that it's a complete marriage. We're not sure. Is it a complete marriage or is it nothing at all? Which is what applies to a minor. So the Gemara will prove this from another source. I can bring you another proof to this idea. We have the following brisa. You have two brothers who are married to two sisters. And so two brothers are married to two sisters. Not only that, but it's all rabbinic marriages and different types of rabbinic marriages. And so the two brothers, one of them is married to a deaf mute, the other one is married to a minor. So what is the what happens? If the husband of the minor dies, then the deaf mute, because they're sisters, and we don't know which one's stronger than the other one, the deaf mute has to get divorced. And the minor, who is now uh, the sister-in-law waiting to do even chalitza has to do chalitza. She has to wait till she gets older and she has to do chalitza because they're sisters. But they're not just sisters to exempt each other. They're sisters on different levels. And as such, you really have to get divorced from one sister and do chalitza to the minor. If it's the other way around, um, what happens if the husband of the deaf mute dies? So then Kitani Utsabiget. So here too, everybody has to leave, but the minor has to be divorced. The minor who is married right now to the live brother, to the brother who's alive, she has to get divorced because uh, her sister is falling to Yibam and we don't know which one's stronger. The Chareshes Asur Olam. And the Chareshes, the deaf mute, there's nothing you could do. 
there's really nothing you could do. You you, you can't do yibum, and um, because it's it's their sisters, and you can't do chalitza because you can't do chalitza to a deaf mute. But if you happen to do yibum, vimbala chareshes no son like However, if you did do yibum, so then uh, we would if you're not allowed to do yibum, but if you did yibum to the deaf mute. So then give her a divorce document, and then she'll be allowed to, she's free to marry whomever she wants. That, that's what the Braises says. So says the Gemara this. I understand why, if you're not allowed to do even to the deaf mute, but if you happen to do even to the deaf mute, so then you just have to get divorced and you're free to go. Why? Because either you were totally exempt anyways because you had a strong relationship with the minor and it's it's the minor's sister. Or alternatively, you had no relationship with the minor and you're allowed to do yibam with, with the chareshes, with the deaf mute, and then you divorced her. So that's fine. But if you say it's the opposite, if you can tell me it's the opposite and you are half, it's like you are half married to the minor and you're either completely married to the deaf mute or not at all, or at least the brother was, the brother passed away. Um, so in such a scenario, we should say that doing doing yibam would not help. Doing yibam would not help. And this really is based on a separate principle, which you had a little bit earlier in the tractate, uh, that if you do yibam when you're not allowed to do yibam, now you're not allowed to do yibam because perhaps... Uh, you are you because we know for sure that you're partially married to the katana to the sister, so you're not allowed to do this yibum. If you do this yibum, it's called biapsula. It's not allowed. It's invalidated, and it's like you never did yibum. So then, giving a divorce document won't help because you have to do chalitza, and you can never do chalitza to the deaf mute. So you're stuck. So the answer is no. Hamani Reb Nechemia poteres me chalitza. No, it's a coin to Reb Nechemia who doesn't hold. Doesn't the hold of this biapsula idea? Biapsula is that if you do an invalid yibum, so it's like it never happened, then you have to do chalitza again. No, Rabbi Nachman doesn't hold of such an idea. The whole idea is a rabbinic idea. Anyways, he doesn't hold of it. So the says, "No, can't be Rabbi Nachman." Rabbi Nachman, a seifa misha naso yishtei yisomos ketana v'chareshes umeis bayavam ala ketana v'chazer ba'ala chareshes v'shiba echav ala chareshes nesru yishtei and alav. Basically, this is another case where you have a person who's married to one of them is a minor, the other one is a deaf mute. One person, Yaakov, is married to a deaf mute and to a minor, and he dies. And then uh, the brother in law does Yibam to both. And not allowed to do Yibam to both, uh, but he does Yibam to both. So we say that now both of them become Usr, they become prohibited to the Yavam to the brother-in-law. Keita Takanasan, how do you solve this problem? Because he did Yibam ready to both. So we say, For the deaf mute, give a divorce document because you can't stay married to both. Uh, for the minor, you have to wait until she gets older and then you will do Chalitza. Um, so even though you did Yibam to the Katana, to the minor first, you then have to wait uh, to do Chalitza. Um, you, you would have to wait to do Chalitza. So says the Gemara. Why did the 
So this is again. This is a difficult uh, uh, to to fill to figure out all the specific details here. But essentially, this proves against Reb Nechemia because if you hold like Reb Nechemia in this case, there should be absolutely no problem. You first did even with the katana with the minor, that should have absolutely no problem. That's completely allowed. Why do we say that she has to do chalitza? Why would you say you have to do chalitza? Um, th- th- there's no problem with that yibum. The only reason to say that you have to do chalitza is really according to the other opinion that says that to do an invalid yibum is a problem. And we're concerned that maybe you'll flip it and to first do yibum with the charashas, with the deaf mute, and then do yibum with the minor. Now that's a problem. But according to Rebbe Nechemia, that's not a problem. So we just basically prove that it can't be Rebbe Nechemia. So it must be, uh, must be that we follow the position that Biyapsula is a problem. And this is all going back to to, to to prove the point that there's really two different types of marriages. And that's really the main point here. The Gemara then says, Amar Avashi, a few more lines. He says that I can even prove to you that we don't follow Rabbi Nechemia. We follow the Rabbanan, who says that there is a concept of an invalid yibum as viewing it as though it never actually happened. Uh, because the Mishnah says, the, sorry, the Bryce earlier says, that if you went against the halacha, against the law, and you did yibum to the, to the deaf mute, so then you have to give a divorce document. But it doesn't mention anything. What happens if you do yibum to the minor? doesn't say that you have to give a divorce document. Uh, why? Because it's invalid, and once it's invalid, so then you have to do chalitza. You would have to do chalitza, and we, we wouldn't view you as being married at all, as fulfilling yibum at all. So to that, the Gemara says there's no proof from there necessarily. Maybe it's true, you could do that, but the, the Brisa gave us a better answer. The better answer is a, a way to do it in a completely permissible fashion, which is just by waiting to do chalitza until she gets older. Uh, but in the end of the day, just uh, it's very uh, complicated uh, back and forth here. But the the main point that they're trying to prove is that these two rabbinic marriages really work fundamentally very differently. Uh, when it comes to the minor, uh, we view it as that we're not sure whether it's a complete marriage or nothing at all, because Mian could have taken place. Mian is she could have uprooted the marriage and said that I'm not interested at all retroactively. Uh, however, when it comes to a deaf mute, when you marry a deaf mute, it's a rabbinic marriage, but it's only viewed as partially married. On a rabbinic level, Jude is partially married. So there is a fundamental difference between these two different types of rabbinic marriages. That concludes really this Gemara, and we'll continue with the next Mishnah uh, in the next recording.